Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. I'm Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez, and today we're going to be discussing F9, aka the ninth movie in the Fast and Furious series. Wow, this is a trip. We saw this opening night, the midnight premiere. No, I'm just kidding. We did see it, though, on Thursday night before it even technically came out, and what do we think about it? We saw it on IMAX. It was a huge theater with few people in there, let's be honest, which is kind of surprising. But yeah, what did we think about F9? Well, I think it was exactly as anybody would predict, which is probably (laughs) an endorsement of it because you expect it to be kind of silly and wild and the acting to be atrocious. (laughs) Ludicrous, literally. And ludicrous is in this film. (laughs) But it was very entertaining. It was a good time. Yeah, it's amazing. They've made nine of these films, and they're pretty much the same movie. The, the The stunts get more outlandish. The characters double down on family. That's a very important concept, and it's. Uh, but it works. It's the more ridiculous it is, the better. But the better it gets in some ways. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I have some qualms with this movie. Oh, but we can discuss that later. And technically, the title of the film is F Nine Colon The Fast Saga, which gives it. A certain nobility, you know, it, it's telling you the whole story from the beginning. And that's where it kind of starts. It's a backstory. It really provides a backstory for Dom, who's played by Vin Diesel. And the wonderful, wonderful Vin Diesel. Yes, amazing. Mom was talking about how, like, he is her Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, she you know? can't get yes. over how what an actor he is. And he looks exactly the same. He's looked the same. This is the 20th year. They've, the, the first one came out in 2001. So oh, it's geez. 20 years of these films. And he's laughing all the way to the bank because he has made... He has made bank on these movies. True. They really are his vehicle, and so to speak. And he he is the the main guy who keeps it going. But he's not your favorite actor of all time, right? <laughs> no. Is he top five? I don't he, know. I don't he's know. top five, right? I, I do not even know why the man has a job in acting. I his mean, name I, is Vin. I don't, but whatever. Well, and he's come a long way since Saving Private Ryan. Remember, he was in that film. Yes, he was, he which was. is crazy. Man, he's just come, yes, come so far. And uh, the franchise, speaking of money, it has uh, generated six billion with a B, six billion dollars, and not counting the 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 box office for this one. So who knows what that's gonna what what that's gonna become? And if you've never seen any of the previous eight, would do you think you need to see no. at least one of those before you? see this or do you think you could just walk into the theater and see this and kind of understand what's going on I think you could have a good time I don't know if you'd know what's going on but I mean I think I've seen like five of them and I still didn't know what was going on during this movie because the plot is ludicrous like I'm gonna say again but yeah I don't think you need to see the other ones before this I think it'd be okay right it's a fun time yeah that's true I I think it depends on how you approach movies because yeah if you want to go in and understand everything that's going on no way because there are holes in this plot big (laughs) enough to drive one of those armored vehicles through nice one but (laughs) but then again I mean if you go in and just think I just want to escape and watch fun car chases and listen to good music good. and whatever. Or, I mean, at least, at least you know, hip-hop music. Well, Girl! Or, or hippity-hop, as Mother likes to call it. <laughs> I, um, well, I mean, probably most people like 
the music. <laughs> and, um, you it know, gets just the heart pumping, words, right? Yeah, yeah, just kind of exciting, fun kind of movie. That This fits the bill. Yeah, and I think you don't have to have seen the previous eight or even one of them, but I think you'll get a lot more out of it, especially when you start to see these characters who, why are they making such a big deal over that person? Mm-hmm. And why are they, who is that? And they've, they've been making these movies so long, they're, they're two newer characters. Charlize Theron plays Cypher, and Helen Mirren basically plays Helen Mirren. You know, I don't know, I forget who she was. I think she was Shaw's... I think she was the mother of Deckard one of Shaw, the who was people who's no longer in the series. Jason Statham, who was a rogue, you know, British forces, special ops guy. And then he ended up making a movie with The Rock called Hobbs and Shaw, which is... Right, a- there is no Rock, there is no Jason Statham in this one, but again... Uh, for continuity's sake, uh, as I was saying, they, they, they have these two characters who they've already been in several of them. I couldn't even remember which ones they were in, you know, so it was kind of weird. But it was almost like a reunion every time, you, mini reunion every time you see these people on the screen. I agree. And when there is an action, there's a lot of the rewrite, of course. But there's also a lot of, okay, we'll get into spoilers soon. But there's a lot of like reunions, like Vin Diesel seeing his sister, who also happened to be married to the late Paul Walker and just stuff like that, which we wouldn't understand. And I still don't understand how would that beautiful woman be related to Vin Diesel, but okay. And then you also won't understand why Michelle Rodriguez, mom's other favorite actress of all time. Oh, goodness. <laughs> how she lost her memory a few movies back and Vin Diesel has a kid with someone else, but he's she's Vin Diesel's true love. And it's just, it's a lot. Yeah, it seems like every other movie, she's either dead or can't remember what happened. And this one, she was probably the most normal, if you could call that normal in their universe. And that brings something else to mind. This movie series has killed off and brought back more characters. Am I right? I mean, maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't kept track probably. well. But it just seems like each movie has somebody who you thought was dead Who's not dead? Right. And they break. Am I just imagining that? No, no. That, in or? fact, you're absolutely right. Because when we were watching it, I half expected to see Paul Walker show up, and the guy, unfortunately, he, he died in a tragic car accident a few years ago. But that's how how often that happens. Because in this yeah. case, I don't think it's, it's a spoiler. Everybody knows this, but Han comes back, and Han was like a fan favorite. He was like one of the best drivers, and he was amazing, and. He was in Tokyo Drift. And he literally died Yeah, in a movie. But yeah, he died. And, and Jason Statham, that's how I picked up. But see, that's the other thing. The time frames of all these films, like several of them were made before that, Tokyo Drift, and then several were made after, like the time frame within. And then the Mr. Nobody. I was like, who the heck is Mr. Nobody? That's what I was thinking, because we had recently seen that movie, Nobody. I was like, what? Yes. Who's Mr. Nobody? But it's Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yes. Random. And, and he only came out in flashbacks and, and grainy video from a from a desperate SOS call. And yeah. he was the one who was kind of running the operation or had run previous operations, which is one of the big mysteries to us is who the heck pays for all this stuff. Well, yes. And why are mechanics from L.A. having to do any of this? Yes. How if did- our world really depended on... Two, yeah, two mechanics from East L.A. to save the world, then, golly, there's not much hope. But they have a particular set of skills. Y'all don't understand. But why do they have skills? They're good with cars. They know how to drive. But then why are they, like, why do they know how to, you know, launch a bazooka or... Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm not insulting mechanics from East L.A. Yeah, of course. They have skills, but I mean, it's sort of like you just have to suspend your common sense when you realize, okay, somebody has found these guys 
in this neighborhood far away and has recruited them into the sort of things that CIA agents or FBI agents normally handle. Well, and and they all seem to have this incredible hacking skills. I can't even get the camera on my Surface Pro to work, my webcam. And meanwhile, they're hacking into the Pentagon. They're hacking into, <laughs> you know, the evil guy's lair and in a few keystrokes. And I don't, I don't think it's that easy. And I realize in all these movies and in this one, too, they're killing all these military people who are going after them and stuff. And I'm like, they're doing their job. You guys are trespassing in a foreign land. First of all, they go to like... Thailand, England, where else do they go? And like, I think that's one of the best things about this movie is it did have so many nice exotic locales. It's pretty. That was neat. Yeah, yeah, but they're just all over these other territories and just wreaking havoc among everything, um, ruining so many cars. There would be so, yeah, so much damage caused to the American, to the U.S. image yeah. overseas if these guys really... Or left to do their thing. And and they spend a lot of time in London, as as Liv mentioned, and they always seem to be driving around Buckingham Palace. If you've ever been there, you really can't go there more than 20 miles an hour, but here they are doing about 100 miles an hour or even 100 kilometers, which is like 80 miles an hour. The Queen would be really upset if that were happening. And then they switch back and forth so often. At one point, they're in this crazy place that doesn't look like London, and Emily pointed out, well... They were in Tbilisi, which is actually in uh, Georgia, not Georgia, U.S., but Georgia, yeah. former Soviet Union. And you're right. It's like at the very end, that long sequence. Is there, there's no place in London that has a five mile, you know, Champs-Élysées kind of, you know, just straight shot. And that's where all this action takes out, uh, takes place at the very end, which is pretty amazing. I mean, it's they, they keep coming up with these incredible stunts. And, Crazy set pieces. Yeah, yeah, and CGI or whatever you want to call it, whatever techniques they use, it looks pretty real. And talk about a movie you have to see on the big screen, don't you think? Definitely. And I think sound is a big thing, too, that we always take for granted. But the sound was booming. It wasn't too loud, but it was very loud. And you, and could, uh, you could understand the dialogue. Yeah, unfortunately. True. Unfortunately, I, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the writing. We can. Do we want to talk about the writing real quick? We probably should, but one, one quick thing that somebody pointed out, like the plot, there's a device they need to get, and this description of the, of the plot device, literally, it apparently takes over all the computers in the world or something like that. <laughs> they didn't really explain what, why, why this guy wanted it, why they wanted this machine to control the satellites and control everything else. Right? Yeah, they wanted to have the power to be able to control every kind of, you know, military power there is. With yeah, this. you know, that just anything, just control well, like, everything. But see, right? I don't think it was just military. I think it was like uh, <laughs> HBO Max or something, you know, it was like... Free every- subscription. Yeah. Those subscriptions <laughs> add up, man. But this movie is also not on HBO Max, which is interesting to me. It's uh, just a theater release for now. We'll see if it goes anywhere, but I don't think it will. And one thing I have to say that, again, to its credit, is that I it's a it's funny, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you go and you enjoy the action and all this, and familiar characters, but you also have a lot of laughs. I mean, again, silly laughs, obvious Hollywood laughs, but still, it, it doesn't take itself very seriously. And I think that is to its credit. And I think that's part of a big part of why the franchise is so successful. You get the action and the humor. Yeah, like the chemistry between Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson's really good. And they're kind of like brothers, but they also joke. Yeah, they're, they're good. The first three films focus on illegal street racing. And then the next after that, they all focus on spies and heists and all that. So there's a real demarcation line for these types of movies. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Justin Lin is the director. And he was the one who made uh, Tokyo Drift, which was three. Fast and Furious, which was four. Fast Five. 
and then Fast and Furious 6. And those four are considered the best. The best. And those are the ones that drew a much bigger crowd. Because before then, it was just a, a standard, you know, gangs on one side, FBI informants, you know, FBI double agents and all this kind of stuff. But that really took it to another level. And now he's back. So, and he's going to make the next one too. Mm. I, you think there'll be a next one? Hmm, definitely. This movie kind of was sequel fishing. But I think in this case, they actually did not kill off anybody at the end. No, which they is different. didn't. Yeah. We thought Vin was going to die at one point. It was really oh, emotional for everyone. I was really, really worried there for a minute. Yeah, he yeah. was underwater for like an hour or something, but he was fine. A tear was going yeah, down was long time. But back to the writing real quick. There have been some critiques of this movie because the writer, it's a new writer basically for this film. Uh, the same guy did it for maybe, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> but this one is a new writer and people have been criticizing and I kind of understand how basically Fast and Furious, the movies are a meme. Essentially, people are like, how about they just go to space next time? Well, this movie, spoiler alert, they go to space and people were, and I just heard some critiques like the writer literally was just capitalizing on the ridiculousness of it and almost going too much. And there are points where it's quote unquote like self-aware or whatever, but is it, you know, when Tyrese Gibson's saying, are we invincible or I don't even have scratches and that's kind of comical, but at the same time, it's kind of confusing. I don't know. That's just my thing. That's a good point though. And I guess it's been a while since I've seen the other ones, so I can't remember exactly, but when they went into space, it certainly pushed it beyond anything they'd done in the other movies, I'm sure. But somehow it wasn't shocking, <laughs> just considering everything that had come before. Just, again, another ridiculous situation. But I, so to me, it didn't seem outrageously beyond what all the other movies have been about and all the other action. But yes, that was pushing it to the limit. And yeah, it's like, where else yeah. can you go from there? And there's no explanation of really how they, how they built this thing to get. But, into outer space. But why, what's ridiculous about putting a couple of rocket boosters on an old car and getting some old World War I diving equipment to substitute for a pressurized astronaut's That was kind of silly. Uniform. Well, it got puffy. Remember, they got that kind of puffy. That, that was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> but um, but the, the, the big money, or not the big money, but the big debate was who's going to get into space first, Mission Impossible franchise or the Fast and Furious, and it looks like Fast and Furious Who would ever guess Fast and Furious <laughs> would go to space, seeing the first movie 20 years ago? But here's the other thing about that, the, the whole franchise, right? And you saw this in, in this movie quite a bit. It doesn't take itself that seriously. It knows exactly what it's doing. It's a pop culture action film. And yes, I want to talk about the Marvel Universe because they got so, it's not pretentious. I mean, F9, the Fast and Furious, they're not pretentious. No, there are no. a lot of things that are ridiculous, overbearing or over earnest or whatever it is, but it's not pretentious. And some of those Marvel films, they try to teach you a lesson. These are get people wearing tights and they're superheroes. <laughs> this doesn't try to, like, it doesn't have any politics involved or anything. You really are escaping from everything everybody argues about. Sure. True. Yeah, and I think as a, you know, maybe it was a nod. You mentioned this. and Well, you didn't mention this, but I don't know if it was a Me Too kind of moment, but usually there's this one gratuitous scene of women wearing bikinis and high heels surrounding these cars 
They had that, but not exactly in the same way. It was they a lot. They were wearing dresses. They were wearing dresses. Time. They were very elegant. It looked like a co-ed school for you know illegal street street racers dressed that in was white. Such <laughs> a <laughs> random scene. They were like just fifty girls randomly in white dresses just dancing around, and then well, this... they had to have a scene like that, but yeah. it wasn't quite as tacky True. as some of the previous. So that's kind of a good. That might be the way Hollywood should handle things like this. They don't have to do away with some of the like the pretty girls that. That appeals to the teenage guys who are going to the theater to see the movie, but they don't necessarily have to show them as show as much of those girls as. They and used at the to. end of the day, it was rated PG thirteen, yep. just like all the other films. So well, just, that's what makes all the money. Man. Yeah, it, it no really, one realizes it. That. Really shows that, and they had the language. They, they did the obligatory couple of foul words to get the the, the PG thirteen rating, but. Yeah, it was pretty, you, you could take your family to this, which is really weird to say that because it's so, you know, so action-packed and people getting shot up and all this other stuff that's going on. But but anyway, so we were talking about the writing. We haven't even mentioned the plot. It is ludicrous. That's the word of the day. But apparently, who knew, Dom has a brother. and um, Played by John Cena. Yes, John Cena. And they did a lot of backstory on this. They really worked into, the, and, and to their credit, they didn't try to make, uh, ben Diesel or John Cena look 18 and 19 or oh, 17 and 18. That would be hilarious. And there are a lot of these movies, a lot of people, things do that. They go which Irishmen is a, on them. Yeah, they try to, you know, so they had these guys and they, they did a good job. They they don't look like brothers at all, but they kind of, it worked. They kind of look like them. Yeah, yeah, the flashbacks. And, and the flashback and, kind of explains how uh, Dom's dad. father, yeah, was killed on the racetrack. Yes, and why there's that bad blood between this brother who he basically disowned because of his father's death. And you'll you'll see what happens. I love that it took them nine movies to introduce a brother of Dom. Like whatever where 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 else can they go? Well, maybe a sister. Well, they already have a sister. Oh, another sister. The pretty one. Oh, the pretty one, yes. But in the previous eight movies, this neither the sister nor Dom have ever mentioned this brother. <laughs> nope. But Michelle Rodriguez knew who he was, so I guess yeah. that's something. Well, and I love, too, how they need to know where somebody is. They need to know where somebody is. He's in London. You know how big London is? <laughs> there are like 12 million people who live there. 12 that's million more I'm people saying. visit. And John Cena, he did a pretty good job. I mean, no, he, he did. Again, he did. it didn't call for much great acting, but he kind of fit the the character. And I knew exactly where this was going. Spoiler again. But you knew that by the end, John Cena and Vin Diesel were going to have to work together to get something done. Because most of the movie, they're opposites and they're just like hating each other. But in the end, they have to work out their stuff and work together. And of course, that happened. Well, and also they have uh, another thing about the whole Fast and Furious um, franchise. They've always had strong female characters. You know, Michelle Rodriguez is always the tough. She always plays the same character, really tough as nails. But in this case, man, they were whooping up on those guys. Remember all three of the girls? Girl girls? power. Girl power. It was amazing. Well, that was another one. They're in Tokyo. Again, 20 million people live there or whatever, and they look up and like, oh, that might be where Han, who died four movies ago he might be alive and he might be in there and because they, they just saw this mexican flag <laughs> in the window because of and they course. remembered this postcard that looked <laughs> like mexico uh. and he would call he called japan his mexico or something stupid and then she they were literally eating was it like pho or something yeah what it looked like eating? pho yeah and then they looked up and she goes oh my gosh that's him and it was just the flag of mexico 
That's amazing, unrealistic. Amazing detective skills. That's what I'd call it. All right. All right. Maybe. Also, as far as the stunts, there's always one really big one in the beginning. There's one in the middle. And then there's one at the end. And they're pretty spectacular. Yeah. We should talk about which one's our favorite. Well, I like the very first one. You saw that in the previews, too. He's oh. going to cross a bridge and there is no bridge. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine the confidence you have to have? That your wheels are going to lock into that piece of the bridge and it's going to work like a... That was What crazy. would you call it? Not a boomerang. It's almost like a... There's a term for it. But like you're attached to this long rope and you somehow glide to the other side. Ridiculous. But what I also love is how... I mean, they land on the other side of the cliff and then they start rolling. The car rolls and rolls and rolls and they're in their fine or whatever that would kill me in itself just rolling a bunch he's an amazing driver he's an amazing driver well and then the landmines right they figured out the speed you have to go over a landmine so oh, it doesn't blow you up my gosh that was pretty amazing yeah and then tyrese gibson when he's about to fall on that landmine in that giant um armored truck and then he just about beats it insane and then that giant truck lands on him and everybody thinks he's dead and he's not and then yeah they're like <laughs> i was getting emotional not really emotional but i was sad because i thought that they were going to kill at least someone off in the first 30 minutes and then he just gets out and he's like oh i'm good i'm good and they were like wow <laughs> what was your favorite action i liked when the scene where the, the again i don't know what you call them the armored vehicles are not really tanks but when they all were hooked together, kind yeah, I think of, it's a transport unit or some transport. They were like there was had something to do because of this giant magnet in which they kept turning <gasps> the on and off. Like there's this button. It's like that. Isn't there a store that has a button that you push for help? And there's some commercial that has a button you push Maybe. for help or something. Like anyway, the easy button. Oh, the yeah, easy yeah, button. Yeah. Well, this it's like this button that they just keep pushing anytime they want to. Use this magnet. I think to actually they spin it because it's a dial. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, God, you're right. But anyway, it attracts these other vehicles, and they're all locked together oh, yeah, that was and cool. spinning around. Yeah, because if they cool. have the the magnet device on a one, it like will get your iPhone. But if they have it on a ten, it brings a car. Yeah, or something. personnel. But my question is, where do pedestrians get those armored vehicles, and how can I get one? Don't ask questions like that. No, yeah. And how do you get that past customs, too? You know, because it used to be a lot more about the cars. They hardly talked about the cars. Usually oh, yeah, they're talking about... had a lot of great cars in it. Yeah, but. the fuel injection and the turbo this and the all this other stuff. And the cars were there, but you, you really didn't see them as much as you saw it's them like, in the they early They didn't talk about them much, yeah. yeah. I think my favorite action scene was when... Vin Diesel's chasing John Cena, who's on a zip line across London. That was and the then, longest zip line. It was Edinburgh, actually. Oh, okay. Get, get My your bad. countries right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, he was going on the zip line, and then Vin Diesel's running on a roof trying to catch him, and then he tackles John Cena. They go through a window of a random tailor's shop, and then they're fighting. And I don't know if y'all noticed this. I'm sure you did. But at one point, John Cena smacks Vin Diesel so hard that his head goes through the doorboard thing. <laughs> that would hurt. And it literally breaks. And Vin Diesel doesn't even flinch. He well, just keeps going. Like, that would hurt. Literally getting slapped in the face hurts. But these guys take a punch. But let's face it. He looks like he'd have a hard head. Okay, fair. If, if there's a man alive <laughs> whose head could go through a door and he wouldn't even realize it had happened... My my money would be on Vin Diesel. It'd be your main Vin. Yeah, and one quick note about Charlize Theron was in it. Irrelevant. Very wasted. She was in this elaborate Hannibal Lecter type glass cube, and that's how dangerous she is. And we were talking about this. You know how 
messy that would be with her breath and sweat and it was, it was yeah and it was stuff. pristine it was like she was this arch arch villain with a chili bowl cut you know it's her hair was horrible yeah it was terrible and terrible. her outfit also looked like forever 21 or something i was like what are these red leather pants i needed to stop. it was a waste it's like they put Helen Mirren in and Charlize Theron and to give it this sort of like credibility or you know these are real actors dame helen mirren oscar winner charlie's and helen mirren's won an oscar right yeah i think Just, so I'm and, and the, the useless trip uh, that helen mirren i mean she's in that purple lamborghini whatever and she has to go 150 miles through london that no she her, doesn't <laughs> that makes her so much more suspicious she <laughs> drives off like so fast it, if you would have just waited in the car no one would have yeah, noticed. drive the speed limit for and God the sakes. thing is if i i don't think i have the filmmaker i don't think the filmmakers would look to me for any advice because they're so successful with this franchise but one thing i'd say is if you want to save a few bucks here and there i don't think you need a halo mirror or a Charlize theron i mean i think that mm-hmm. the people go for Vin Diesel and um, <laughs> and Michelle Rodriguez and people like that. I mean, I think it's the it's the real heart and also like Ludacris and yeah. I mean people like that. They really they're the ones who people go to see and watch. Well, Emily, it is about family. Yes, it always family. ends up about family. For some reason during the movie, they said something about family, and I, for some reason, thought of The Godfather, because I think of Godfather as the most family movie, but would you say Fast and Furious franchise is better than that, family-wise? Or just <laughs> I don't, in general? Yeah, I don't know. Just in, yeah, just in general, whether it's better than From Godfather. a purely cinematic approach, Fast and Furious <laughs> is better than The Godfather. There, I said it. <laughs> I did not mean that. I mean, which one do you think values family more? Oh, Fast and Furious, for sure. Well, yeah, true, because Michael goes cuckoo in the second one. Well, I it kind of depends because on God in the Godfather, I think it's more realistic what the family means to them and the difference it makes in their lives. Good point. Good point. Okay. I mean, think about it this way: in this movie, again, one of the main characters we've never known until now that he has a brother. So I don't know if that's what you'd call a particularly close family. It's all about family. It is all about family. So we don't need that. Okay, I've been silenced. It's all about family. Ratings? How many cars or what should we do? How many armored trucks? How about magnets? Okay, yeah, sure. You guys need to see this movie to understand the magnet thing because I I don't think that's been in any other Fast movies. No. Uh, Yeah, how many magnets do we give this film? Dad, do you want to start? Yeah, I'd give it a a solid 3.5. Out of 5, right? Out of 5, yes, because... It was as good and as bad as all the previous movies. And it, what seemed familiar, just when you think, oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Now, they took it to a whole other level. Outer space is one of them. But throughout, the, the, the stunts were bigger and, I don't know, necessarily better. But there was a lot of action, and it was entertaining. It was a, it was a good old-fashioned action film. Okay, Mom. I'm kind of torn between a 3 and a 3.5. Um, overall, like as a movie, I think a three would be, would be fine. But like you say, I mean, they've managed to keep this franchise going and it remains entertaining and there's a lot to be said for that kind of, I don't know if you'd call it artistry or craftsmanship or what, but it's very entertaining. So maybe a 3.25. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, I think I would give this movie a three just because, Mom, we didn't really discuss this, but the runtime, it's so long. Yes. It feels like it should have ended 30 minutes before it does. 
And I just think, yeah, it's too long. It is too long. It did do what people wanted it to do. It was crazy. And I think the space thing was ridiculous, but it was also hilarious. And just how? Why? Who? Why? Well, on one go back too, I mean, this movie was ready to go in uh, 2020, but it was one of the first huge films to delay the opening because of the COVID pandemic. And hopefully we're coming out of that now. So maybe that's a sign of good things to come. It feels like summer again because there's a Fast and Furious film in the Mm -hmm. theaters. And we would really recommend you to go see it in the theaters and not not wait for it to be on streaming services. Definitely. It really kind of will make you feel like you're in an old-fashioned summer movie. And I can't... Oh, like old-fashioned like Casablanca or what kind of... Well, no. But just kind of an old-fashioned, fun, crazy, wild movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And I hope this movie makes a lot of money because that'd be really good for movie theaters. But we will see how the box office does. And other than that... F9. We did it. We talked about it. We saw it. Yes. From our family to yours, uh, remember, drive the speed limit. Amen. Follow us on Instagram at Strange Love of Movies Pod. And yeah, drive safe, guys. Bye. <laughs>